Welcome to The Follow-Up, a podcast by Coram Deo Church. In this podcast, we break down the truths of Sunday and make them applicable for your everyday life. Welcome to The Follow-Up, everyone. My name is Billy Glosson, and I am the lead pastor of Coram Deo Church, and with me is Michael Tooley. Hey, how's it going? He is the deacon of music at Coram Deo, and we are excited to be back with you guys Enjoying this new format. Hey, so we're trying different stuff. Uh, if you see us move around and things change as we do this, if you're watching and not I noticed you're on the sliders this week. I was a little fast on the button. You were a little week. fast, so I took the controls back. But hey, you know, whatever it is. Uh, hey, if you you know see us moving around, stuff like that, maybe you have some thoughts. You should let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we're excited to continue to uh, look back at the sermon together and to dive into God's word. Again, we've been going through the Psalms of Ascent. These are the songs that uh, the Jewish people would sing as they were dispersed throughout the land, and they would uh, regather in Jerusalem three times a year for these different feasts and festivals. And so they would sing these songs as they ascended to Jerusalem. So they became the Psalms of Ascent, the Songs of Ascent. And um, what's so great about them is that these are the songs that Jesus would sing. Yeah, and so in the Gospel of Mark, we uh, we see a moment where Jesus and the disciples are singing together, and I love that because we can quite literally visualize Jesus singing these songs. So we were in Psalm one twenty six, which is a really really uh, excellent psalm, just like all the others are, but this one uh, in particular stirred me a lot. So this is what Psalm one twenty six says: When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy bringing his sheaves with him. So we looked at this psalm and this idea that's that's kind of painted there for us is that because God has been faithful in the past, right? Because of God's covenant faithfulness, the fact that it's proved true in the past, we must now have confident expectation that he will bring renewal again. And that was the idea that we, we looked at this past week as we walked through this psalm that really starts with uh, the first three verses looking back at God's covenant faithfulness. And, and again, a lot of commentators disagree on what this is about. Some think that this is the return from exile. Uh, other people think this is maybe a moment uh, of reflection on maybe even the exodus. Um, and so there's, there's a lot here, but the point is that it, it fits so many situations And so there's a lot of times that God has been faithful, right? And so then it goes into a request in verse 4. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Basically, we're in in a dry desert place. We are parched. We're experiencing spiritual famine, spiritual drought. We ask, God, that you would bring rain like streams in the desert. And then it ends looking forward in verses 5 and 6. Um, talking about sowing with tears and reaping joy. So kind of looking through this, one of the things that we talked about a lot was this idea of spiritual drought, Um, spiritual famine, experiencing and feeling this kind of tension, this, this, this disconnect between yourself and the Lord. And so we talked about causes of spiritual drought 
things like sin, unbelief, self-satisfaction, maybe you're testing God, or perhaps God is testing his servants like we see with Job, or even at the beginning of James where it says, count it all joy, my brothers, right. when you meet trials of various kind, right? That, that God allows these things for the testing of our faith. The, uh, the result of a spiritual drought, a spiritual famine is spiritual weakness and loss of hope and joy. So Michael, when you think about these kind of causes and the effects, right? The, the causes being sin, unbelief, self-satisfaction, testing God, or perhaps God allowing circumstances in our life to produce in us steadfastness. And then the results being spiritual weakness, loss of hope and joy. Like what comes to your heart? What comes to your mind? Have you experienced a spiritual drought like this before? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I've always known joy. Yeah. I'm just, you know, doing jumping jacks. Um, no, honestly, what just came to my mind right now in this moment is that like none of these things in real life happen like one at a time. Sure. And so a lot of times it's, it's all of the above coming at different directions. And so there is sin in your own life and all that goes with that. So sin has its consequences, but then because, you know, we are carrying shame and guilt, now we're like looking inward mm. and we're looking inward for restoration instead of looking to God. And so sin has its consequences. We're carrying the weight of the sin instead of like acknowledging that Christ has carried that weight. Um, and then that just kind of, it all feeds into each other. Like it all feeds into the other areas of like, yeah. you're, uh, obviously your faith is not going to be strengthened while you have unconfessed sin going on in your life. And so for me, it's just, yeah, it's totally this, we sang a song on Sunday called Satisfied in You mm-hmm. by the Sing Team. And I explained one of the lyrics because it's kind of a weird lyric to sing as a congregation. But it says, when I'm looking at the ground, it's an inbred feedback loop that drags me down. So it's time to lift my brow. And so I explained what a feedback loop was. Um, nerds will know what it is. But because um, and I'm, that's a self-acknowledging nerd saying mm-hmm. that. It's just, you know, everybody don't be uh, upset by that. Um but essentially, if you were to hold up a mirror to a mirror and look at it, it's just the image bouncing back and forth off of itself forever. It's um, a feedback loop. It's, yeah. a, it's a loop, yeah. And so it just keeps bouncing back and forth. Um, and so that's what happens in our life when we are, the enemy has us looking at the ground. The enemy has us navel gazing, if you will. We're, we're so caught up like, oh, woe is me. Woe is my sin. I'm you know, ashamed. These out external circumstances are happening and they're not my fault, but maybe they are my fault because of my sin. And now I'm just like caught in this cycle where like all I'm looking is down. I'm doing a lot of like self despair talk, you know, instead of going to the Lord, instead of going to my community and confessing that sin. And so, yeah, it's, it's a feedback loop Mm -hmm. that, brings about dryness, brings about a drought. And it's just like, why am I far from God? Have I, have you been in the word? No, but it's also these things. It's like, yeah, all of the above. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I looked at this list too. And again, this was a, a, you know, a list of of different scriptures and and, and kind of walking through this. And for me, self-satisfaction. So Isaiah 55, two says, why do you spend your money for that, which is not bread? And your labor for that which does not satisfy, listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. 
Yeah. And so I know, and, and so when I say this in a sermon, know that like I, this is me rehearsing and preaching this to myself throughout the week, but I know that there is this temptation, this lull for things to satisfy me. And there's a really funny webcomic that I sent uh, out this week. There's a guy, he's ordering something online and he's waiting for it. And he can't, can't, can't get more excited. The, the male person's bringing the package to him and he grabs it and he rips it open. And there's just this ball that's glowing and it says five seconds of dopamine. And I like yeah. laughed hysterically because is that not the truth? It's like, as soon as it's, you get that yeah. thing, it's like, it's amazing for like a second and then it's old. Right. I mean, your, uh, tablet right here is yeah a year younger than mine and i felt it i was like oh that's newer. Yours is like slightly newer yeah, it's <laughs> like it's like it's, it's so silly yeah it's so silly it's and like we could use the same cases and everything yeah, yeah i i mean the amount of hours i've spent looking at apple computers on my imac yeah. is just ridiculous <laughs> and it, <laughs> yeah because it's just but it really is this thing you know even today with you know some of the stuff that's been going on in my you know on a typical tuesday mm-hmm. that's why we do this podcast i've just been sitting there and i remembered you recalling you know god's word to you and so I was recalling you recalling mm-hmm. it and I was just like, mm-hmm. man, that's kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> just thinking about like, yeah. what about this is beautiful? What, you know, what about this situation is God going to use? I don't mean to, you know, have spoilers ahead, but, yeah. um, but I was sitting there thinking through that and I'm like, man, I don't, you know, I don't feel tempted towards anything. And then I was just like, oh yeah, I am. I'm tempted towards comfort. I was like, I want, I want a biscuit right now. Mm. <laughs> like, and I was just like, oh man, what am I looking for? That's not God to like satisfy my soul in this moment. Absolutely. So, yeah. And that's, yeah. Um, so what's interesting is our two points of application are the exact same as last week. Yeah. So you may notice that during the sermon, you're like, wait a second. These are, these are the same thing here. And, uh, you know, it's like the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other, but they're different. And let me explain why. The first one we said was prayer. And I said this morning, maybe you need to pray something like, God, I am dry, like a desert place. Please send the rain. Cause me to flourish again. Um, and the reason that's different is because it's the type of prayer that prays dependently. So I use the analogy of a truck. My son, Sammy, loves trucks. It's really cute. He points at him and goes, truck and then like we all laugh and it's sweet and so i showed him a truck commercial and you see a boat being pulled up and the thing about that boat is it's not doing any of the work right it's being pulled right it's not none of the towing power comes from the boat it all comes from under the hood and so as we see that it's a parable to us about where power comes from yeah and so when we pray dependent upon the lord to cause us to flourish, to, to bring renewal to our souls. We're asking God to have his power, his display, his work displayed in our lives, pushing us forward to the hope that we need instead of us looking within ourselves and just trying to kind of move forward. Right. And so that, that's like, that's the first kind of, I guess, shift in our thinking in the way that we pray is that we would be a people who pray with dependence. Why do you think it's so difficult for us to pray a prayer, a petition, a request 
like verse 4 says, you know, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Why do you think it's difficult for us to pray for God to bring renewal in that way, more so than it is to pray for, say, our desires or things? Um, to ask God for a blessing is just like, Lord, add to what I already have. But to ask God to restore something is confessing need. Yeah. And we are extremely allergic to neediness. And the constant battle for us as, a, as adults is like fighting this innate thing that says like, I've got to show everybody that I have it all together. Mm-hmm. The gospel is the exact opposite of that. Right. The gospel is, I don't have it all together, but the one who hung on the cross and, and defeated death, he does have it all together and yeah. he's who I'm leaning on. And so it's, it's asking yourself the question, what if next time you're on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday and you're on a drive home and you're thinking, you're overthinking about whatever it is, whatever the trial is, whatever the temptation is, you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it, and you have this little voice that says you should pray about it. What if you said yes to that voice next time it happened? Mm-hmm. That is the spirit of God. And, and the more that you say yes to that voice and the more you like enter into that communion with God where you're praying and you're, you're taking every single need to him, you're going to begin to experience more of that presence. You're going to experience more of that power under the hood that is like, oh, he is with me and it will strengthen your faith. And I love when you uh, read that and you explained what the Negev was, there's a Apple TV screensaver of like, the desert and it has streams going through it. So I immediately pictured it. And I was oh, just wow. like, Man. that's cool. I, it just like, it, it gave me goosebumps. Cause I was like, yeah, that is so such a beautiful picture that our God would like put this in the Psalmist mind to be like, Hey, write it like this. That like, yeah, streams in the desert. Not only does it look beautiful, but it's, it's refreshment that's needed and it's, it's okay to need that. Yeah, man. So, the first, we talked about prayer. The second is preaching the gospel to yourself. And so Martin Lloyd-Jones is is awesome. If you've never read or heard any of his sermons, they're fantastic. But he says the trouble with Christians is that they listen to themselves when they should talk to themselves. And I love that. And so um, I, I want to bring up Philippians 4 because it, it's a really great framework. So Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so I, I love that because the story of the gospel is that Jesus has rescued us, right? And part of experiencing that is keeping that our, our perspective on him. It's working hard at whatever is true, whatever is noble. And so when Paul says that stuff in Philippians, he's not saying, hey, just look. And I said this on Sunday. It's not just, hey, look at a flower instead of a bad piece of news though that's yeah. certainly good. It's looking at the flower and saying, what does this tell me about who God is as a creator? It's looking at that bit of bad news and saying, what does this tell me about a fallen world? And how glad does that make me that God is going to do something about this? So the other morning, and I told Michael this, and that's what he was picking on me about. I woke up and uh, usually what we try to do is I like to make coffee with a Chemex and all that kind of stuff. But lately we're just like, we got a toddler. So it's just like push a button kind of thing. And so I'm pouring my coffee 
And uh, I turn to get a cup of water. And as I'm doing that, I'm looking at my phone, literally reading an article about gas prices, the economy, all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to a dark place immediately before I've even, oh, everything I ever talked Good to you morning. guys about on a, <laughs> on a Sunday where I'm like, hey, you know, let God have the first word, all that kind of stuff. Again, I'm preaching to myself. So I am standing at the fridge with my cup up against the thing, getting water. And my wife from the living room goes, hey, don't look at your phone. Remember? And I was like, yeah, you're right. And so I go and I sit down and I open up my prayer journal and my Bible and I'm like, Lord, what does this tell me? Yeah. What does this piece of bad news tell me about the reality that the world is broken? And how good is it that you are going to make all things new again? Yeah. That we won't live in a world forever laden with problems but that instead one day we will have newness and richness and joy. And so for me, when I, when I, when I am saying this idea about perspective, realize this is a practice. This isn't something that is just going to instinctively come. Like you have to work at this. It's just like anything else that we talk about in life. If you're running, if you're, you know, wanting to get really good at a sport like basketball, you can't just expect to, you know, jump on the court and be LeBron James. Like you're not going to do that. You've got to practice and work. When you can't just go to a ball game and watch it either yeah it's very yeah. good yeah on i-70 going across kansas uh on the way to denver there is a town in kansas called colby kansas and about three hours before you arrive in colby you start seeing billboards why does that matter well because the billboards you see say food starbucks fuel and if you've ever driven through Kansas, uh, that matters. <laughs> there's some <laughs> there's some wind turbines and a lot of open air, and it can kind of feel like you've been in there, you know, for 15 hours, and so you're just like, oh man, my my gas tank is getting low. I am very tired. I could use some some coffee, and there's like a Qdoba in there, mm. and and like a Quiznos. I haven't had a Quiznos in forever, and so, but anyway, the point of all of this is not that those places are awesome. It's like that sign is pointing to something that yeah. we're excited about. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're doing when we think about these beautiful things or when we ask that question. It's like this is meant to point us to God. This trial, this circumstance, or these beautiful things yeah. are not the thing itself. You know, the sign, if I was to like drive out into the field and get, it's not, there's no coffee there. Right. Like I have to keep going. Um, that's just what I was thinking about when you were talking about like, what is this pointing to? It's yeah. Like, that's, that's God's glory. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all, this is such an important practice for us to get better at, to rehearse the gospel truths, to be a people of prayer, to seek the Lord, to bring renewal to our souls and to set our focus and our gaze on him, shifting our perspective again, off of ourselves, off of our circumstances and onto the one who can actually do something. And so, friends, we just want to encourage you to be in community, pray, seek the Lord, be in his word, ask questions, dive deep, and know that we all need the same thing. This is something that Michael and I have been talking about all day today. Um, Ray Orland says it beautifully. Every Christian needs three things, the gospel plus safety plus time. Yeah. We are all in process. We are all in progress. And God is at work in us. And so we're encouraged we're thankful for you. 
And as we always do, we want to leave you with a quick resource, one that I'm just going to keep pushing. I'm going to get some more for the resource shelf, but I would just encourage you to pick up a copy of it is A Gospel Primer, such a beautiful, wonderful book that will give you language for preaching the gospel to yourself. I think it will be a valuable asset for you. Um, Great book. Um, We just want to continue to encourage you to press into community, get into God's word, and continue to dig deep. Yeah, for sure. We're thankful for you guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks again for listening to the follow-up. To learn more about Coram Deo, you can check us out online at coramdeonc.com or follow us on social media at coramdeonc. You can also listen to more of our podcasts. You can watch them on YouTube or find them wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever. We'll catch you guys next time. End of podcast.